Welcome to the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast. I'm BHE Digital Managing Editor Tom Valentino, and today I am joined by Jordan Young, the CEO of Jordan and Associates Consulting, which is a firm that specializes in working with behavioral healthcare organizations. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Tom. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about your organization and the work that you do. Great. Yeah. So my company, our company, Jordan Associates Consulting, we consult with behavioral healthcare companies, but almost exclusively what we do is we help treatment centers and companies that service treatment centers hire key staff. So key staff for business development, executives, marketing, admissions, and we have recently added a few clinical recruiters. So we are now working on direct care, clinicians, therapists, nurses. Yeah, and uh, you also do a little bit of research as well. You uh, recently conducted a survey of behavioral health care professionals about their level of satisfaction with their current position. I believe you surveyed about 1,200 individuals, and these are folks in, folks in all different roles within their organizations. We're talking executives, board members, clinical staff members, administrative staff, business development, and admissions. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And so the genesis of that survey, and like you referenced, it was 1,200 behavioral health care professionals that completed the survey. But the genesis of that is with the work that I do, when people reach out to me, they are almost never happy with their current company or their current position. And so with the way that hiring works, the fourth quarter typically slows down. And so I had thought about doing a survey on employee engagement, employee satisfaction, because if there's a service that I can provide besides helping treatment centers hire, one that I would like to help them with would be help them learn how to retain their existing staff. You know, it's not like I'm going to work myself out of position because people will always hire. But help treatment centers learn ways to keep their employees happy and stay in their current positions. So we started, we created the survey in October, November and promoted it. We did it through about a week or so before Christmas. And yeah, the response that we received was just amazing. I could not believe that many people participated and we got some really great data from it. So from the survey results that you collected, what stood out? Were there any common pain points among different functions within organizations that you saw? Were there reasons for dissatisfaction that may have been high for one group, but maybe not as much of an issue for another? Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me was about admissions positions. So <clears throat> when I started working in behavioral health care, my first position was in admissions. So I'm very familiar with the day-to-day and the pressure that they have on them, but also the the value that they bring to an organization. They're going to be the first contact, you know, with the exception of maybe a website or something that a potential patient or their family experiences. And so admissions professionals were the most dissatisfied group of employees that we surveyed. We surveyed six different position types. And what what stood out the most to me about the admissions position, um, 
I know that they've recently, there's been over the past few years, some changes to the way that they can be compensated. Admissions professionals, when I started about 13 years ago, a big portion of compensation was based upon admissions. Now that's patient brokering. It wasn't, it wasn't looked at the same way, but I thought, so because of that, I thought compensation would be, you know, one or two in terms of factors that would drive someone to be satisfied or dissatisfied with their position. It actually ranked fifth in our survey. And the number one thing was work-life balance by a pretty large margin, which wasn't a huge surprise, but I did figure compensation would be a little bit closer. Uh, yeah, but that was that was pretty telling. You know, one commonly cited driver of dissatisfaction among employees that jumped out to me was mission. I don't think it was a top factor cited by any of the groups that you surveyed, but it seemed like it was near the top of the list for several different functions within behavioral healthcare organizations. Were you surprised by that? Yeah, yeah, I was, actually. And I, th I think that where that comes from, and one of the main drivers of this survey, you know, is for me was dissatisfied employees that reach out to me. And oftentimes who those are is those are people coming from larger organizations who have a lot of times acquired smaller organizations. So mm -hmm. essentially an employee that started with an organization when they were smaller, they've since been acquired and that acquiring organization has consumed the existing culture. And so what I've experienced is many times these employees feel like the mission of the company is to, it's more about what's in the company's best interests rather than maybe the patient's best interests. So I feel like the mission of the company has become something that more and more people are talking about in company culture. You know, I, th I think those things are kind of interchangeable. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, those are things that I hear about frequently when employees reach out to me looking for new opportunities. Yeah, there are several things that can lead to employee dissatisfaction that you really can only do so much with. You know, it, it can be hard to improve compensation if there's not money in the budget for that, for example. But getting everyone on the same page regarding your organizational mission seems like it's the kind of thing that should be feasible no matter what your, you know, what state your organization is in. Um, do you have any advice for what provider organizations can do to, to improve on this front and maybe make this less of an issue? I think that the employees that have expressed that they're unsatisfied with their company because of the mission, it's making them feel more a part of what, let, let, me, let me see, how, how do I phrase that? Making them feel like their values and their ethics and the organizations align. I think you and I have talked about this before, mm -hmm. but a former CEO of mine, when I first started in the field, 
something that he did, which I thought was great, was he would he would go around to everyone that worked in the office. And we had 100, 200 people that worked in our office and he would check on them, see how they're doing, pat them on the back, you know, every couple of weeks or so. And that just, you know, that stuck out to me because of how good I felt that was for employee morale. And when morale is low and people feel like they're, they're just a number and their head is potentially on the chopping block, I feel like they never feel good about the mission of the company because regardless of what the stated mission is, what they feel like the company is in it for is for admissions and to make money. And it's not so much about the best place to work for them or the best place for treatment for the clients that they serve. It's more about what that bottom line is, you know, in the air quote, the bottom line, that's a financial term, but like if the bottom line is, helping people and providing a great place, a working environment for your employees, something different. You know, I think what you were saying about, you know, that former CEO that you work for is checking in on employees' morale. Um, That's great. And if you're an executive who is in the field and you might be reading the report that that your your company just put out um, or you're someone who's listening to this podcast uh, is you're doing those, uh, you know, checkups on on your staff. Are there any sort of warning signs that you should be on the lookout for in particular with regards to unhappy employees? Obviously, I mean, if you have staff who are leaving and, and you've got high turnover, uh, that's a pretty obvious red flag. Um, but are there behaviors that you should be cognizant of uh, with regards to those who are uh, still part of your organization? I think I think the most important thing is constant contact, constant contact and feedback from the employees and really getting to know your staff. If, if you're able to get to know your staff and know what's important to them, what about the current position that they're working? What about their future aspirations are important to them? Because one of the one of the pieces that we gathered from the survey, which we haven't addressed, is how long it would take someone to begin to seek out a new opportunity if they don't have movement with their existing position. And this was probably the most surprising one to me because we had over 71% of of people that completed the survey said that within two years, if they had no movement in their current position, they would start seeking out a new opportunity. So within Within two years, over 70% said that they would start seeking out a new opportunity. And those that included people that were totally satisfied in their position today. So I, you know, I would I would just encourage managers to stay engaged with their staff and find out what it is that's important to them. Because like you referenced before. Increases in pay are not always going to be an option. And, you know, there's only so many management positions within an organization. So finding ways to make those employees feel special, heard, a part of the organization, and, you know, really trying to invest anything that they can into those relationships, I think, is is important. That's great advice. And it just it makes so much sense. Um, Jordan, you guys had, had a lot of great insights, I think in this report that we've been discussing today, we're going to make sure to have a link to it 
in the show notes uh, for this episode. And I would encourage everybody listening, go dive into this, see uh, some of the statistics that uh, Jordan and uh, and his team have put together, uh, some really great insights there. Uh, do you have any other research initiatives that you're working on now that we should be on the lookout for that are coming up? Well, I'm so glad that you asked that. We actually do have a new one that we just put out last week, I believe, and it's on company culture. So that's, we kind of hit on that with mission and culture being intertwined, but we dig more deeply into that. This, this survey that we've been referencing here, it's, it was pretty general. There's 11 questions, maybe took two or three minutes to complete. This next one, it's more thorough. It's still quick. It'll take four to five minutes to complete, maybe. And it's 20 questions, 21 questions, I believe. But it digs more deeply into company cultures and real drivers of people's satisfaction with the position position besides just compensation or advancement opportunities or things like that. So, yeah, it's, it's a little more detailed. Okay. We'll look forward to checking that out. Um, in the meantime, Jordan, thank you so much for uh, taking some time with us here today. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. As a reminder, everyone, you could subscribe to the BHE podcast on Apple podcasts and most other podcast listening platforms. All past episodes of our show are also available on our website, behavioral.net. Our thanks again to Jordan Young, CEO of Jordan and Associates Consulting. That's going to do it for us. I'm Tom Valentino, and this has been the Behavioral Healthcare Executive Podcast. <music>